When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell, joined as always by my co-host Marky D, Marky Davidson. We're coming at a new time, we're coming at a new day. Mark, how are you this Saturday? It's Friday afternoon in the US, you're on the West Coast, it's just after lunch. You're on the East Coast, you're hopefully you're heading home from work or about to pack <clears> up. You know, the weekend has started, but how are you, Marky D? Yeah, isn't it? Uh, isn't it like Friday night lights right now? I thought well, they're not playing, not playing football, but we're on the Friday, aren't we? Straight after work, and you listen to two blokes talk about the NFL. Two, sorry, two experts from Down Under. <laughs> That's it. Doesn't say much for Down Under and the NFL, though, does it? <laughs> no, 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 uh, you know, no, you know what? No, no, we are we are considered experts to a certain degree because there are still in Australia. There's a guy on 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 our like our kind of like NFL live. Ben Graham, who's the old um, Arizona uh, punter, one of the first Aussies yep. to play the Super Bowl. He is still talking about the NFL, but it's Ben Graham. It's a punter. So I think we're up there. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. I think we're up there. If, if Ben Graham can have a job in the NFL and, and talk football for the last 20 years, um, he is no Pat McAfee, right? So we have a chance to set the scene to be some of the, you know, the expert material in, with the NFL and being down under. Am I not right? That's it. And you know what? I'm going to give a bit of credit here, right? Now, we have our loyal audio listeners, and they shouldn't find there's too much of a change, um, you know, in terms of when they get our audio on the weekend. And this, we are trying this new time slot, and if it works, it'll be a lot more beneficial, we actually think, for the whole BTSC family, um, because you will the show won't get washed up in the mix a little bit when, we, when it's in season with games. But the other, the other thing to it as well is that, you know, Tony will still go live at 9 p.m. So, you know, Friday night, BTSC has you sorted for all your plans live. But I want to give a special shout out to a couple of them in the live chat because they're loyal listeners of ours when we're on the Saturday nights and they've jumped in and bought in on the Friday nights. Guys like Jed Devil, Clarence, Ryan, um, Ryan O'Toole, Wes Hickok's in there as well. I think Carson Wright listens to us pretty, like, a lot of the time as well. But then there's some other names that we're sort of seeing, like John and... Um, to it and, and and Terry Bradford, I think, as well. It's awesome to be with a new sort of audience, but we do hope if you listen to Tony, you stick on Tony's live as well on YouTube. But Mark, obviously the free agency is rolling on. You know, they finally signed the killer with a spoon according to the website today. That must have happened after we went to bed. I went to bed at about 11 p.m. It's 8.30 a.m. now for us, and that hadn't been signed yet based on the chat that we had in the BTC Slack channel. So obviously that's that's an important move for them. Uh, but really like, as everyone keeps talking about the draft and free agency and Malik Willis pro days and all the rest of it, we thought we'd do something different. A couple of weeks ago on touchdown under, we looked at players going into their second year and then we thought, why don't we have a bit of a pause and we think about the players that are going into their third year, guys like your Chase Claypools, your JC Housenhauer, who, 
think he's still got to sign that tender. Um, guys, you know, those sorts of guys, Carlos Davis Jr. and those sorts of guys that, you know, are still in that developmental phase. And, you know, Mark and I have talked about it on previous shows over the last two years, how effective that draft class for the Steelers was due to COVID and, and no pre-seasons and different um, <clears throat> draft process and what have you. So we were still seeing that sort of draft class come along. So it's going to be an interesting discussion. But, Mark, I have got to do it. Uh, you know, we haven't spoken um, for the last couple of days. So, you know, all this Malik Willis chat, Matt Peral chat, all this, you know, these pro days, you know, you like to keep it real. You know, what, what what's your overall summation of, you know, these, these pro days and, you know, Malik Willis and Matt Corral and all the rest of them? Uh, to be very real, they're not really throwing to any any defense. It's, it's quite exciting to watch. Like, I, I bought in the hype. Like, I saw Malik Willis throw a 60-yard bomb, 70-yard bomb, and I'm like, man, that's fantastic. Like, that is crazy. Like, I can't wait. If we do draft him, I'll be so excited, right? But <clears throat> at the end of the day, there is no defense. So it's just him throwing to, you know, just a, a massive pass, and any receiver could, you know, you've got a bit of speed on you, you can catch that. Um, but it's something to talk about. And I think that now Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin have now went the rounds of all the QBs. And they've went around and, and I think they've had to, to every pro day and went to dinners and done all these things. Um, it's interesting though, because you might as well scout them now because in a few years time, if some team picks them up and then cuts yeah. them, then Mike Tomlin might, you know, they'll pick them up and say, come to the Steelers. So, and I don't know where, I don't know if Mike Tomlin ever saw, if he ever saw Haskins play, but now he's a, now he's a Steeler, you know, after being a, a round one pick. Yeah. So say for instance, that whatever team gets Malik Willis or whoever it is, right. And they don't work out because some of these teams cannot, uh, they can't function with a quarterback. They don't know how to do it. Then in two or three years time or four years time after their contract, maybe if, if Tom was still there, they bring in Malik Willis and say, Hey, we, we saw you before we have a, you know, um, have a connection. But in saying that, they're just doing their job, aren't they? Like Colbert and, and Tom are just doing their job. And I even kind of think it's like the mini off-season for them too. Imagine going through all these pro days, going out for, you know, for dinners, for drinks, um, and just, you know, networking with people. It's not like, okay, you have, you have to go to Malik's one and 100% you'll go and choose him or he's the, he's the favorite because you had wings with him. It's just that they're doing, you know, they're, they're just... Being a coach this. and what coaches do. Exactly. Just going around. And I think it's pretty fun, actually. I think it'd be quite a cool. Just go, go around and, and talk to all the young the young fellas. And, and you know, next minute you're going out for dinner. Like, you can't tell me that Colbert and, and Tomlin don't like this part. Like, oh, yeah. they like, they like the coaching, but they would love this part. Like, hanging out, you know, probably getting away from their wives for a little bit. Um, going to whatever city they're going to. And they're like, oh, you know, let's talk to a young-minded Malik Willis about... QB and where does he sit and how does he fit with our culture? So, and even, even if they're not going to choose him, they might get ideas from other receivers or other defensive players, or they might meet someone else uh, at the pro day. Well, that's a really good point that you bring up um, because, you know, I listened to a interview on another, on another, uh, I guess, draft focus um, media platform. And they had uh, Sean McAvoy, QB takeover coach on there. And he's been like the, sort of personal coach, um, quarterback coach to Malik Willis. And he was talking about like arm strength and everyone assumes arm strength often is just like, can you throw a 60 to 70 yard bomb? But actually arm strength is about throwing into tight windows, throwing with power, throwing in all weather. Can you throw it into tight spaces, you know, only 40 yards 
you know, down the field. So I think that's one of the interesting things when we talk about Malik Willis, because there are other quarterbacks in this draft that can, that can do that. But for me, you're right. And, and I think the, this quarterback class, you know, and he on that, um, that Sean McAvoy tried to argue that, you know, even though this quarterback class isn't necessarily, you know, known for it being outstanding, it's better than what people think it is. And certainly Malik is more standout than, you know, what people think he is. But, you know, I sort of sit there and I'm like, how does an opinion shift from six weeks ago, other than it's just hype, that this quarterback class is suddenly good? Now, obviously, the NFL prioritizes quarterbacks. So you're probably going to see two to three go in the first round, right? But, like, I was hearing some NFL experts talk yesterday, and by that I mean, you know, ex-players, you know, included, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, and they were saying Davis Mills, who's at the Texans, would probably be, if he had sat there another year in college, would probably have been the top quarterback in this class, just based on what he's been able to, how quickly he's been able to adjust in the NFL, how young he is, blah, the arm that he's got, blah, 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 blah. But I just sort of sit there with Willis, and I'm like, yeah, if he's there at 20, you'd be silly not to. But I still don't. I said this on Warren this week. I don't want to trade up for him. And if people don't think that the Detroit Lions are looking at him, like they're picking two. Goff is not the future for them, but he can sit there while Malik learns. You know, Liberty's not that far from Detroit. And Detroit, like those that coaching staff literally, literally had him for a week at the Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl, the Senior Bowl, to do whatever they want. So I, you know, you've got the Seahawks at nine. You know, there are a few other teams in there as well. I, I just don't see Malik. Like, he and Tomlin can enjoy all the buckets of chicken wings they want. Um, but unless the Steelers are going to trade up, and I think <clears> it's <throat> going to disappoint a lot of fans, a lot of a lot of fans, and it's selling the farm for someone that's, you know, it's, he's not being touted there. He's not, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't an Andrew Luck, you know. <clears throat> I, I just don't know why you do it. The thing is, though, because we have access now to social media, they would yeah. do this regardless, right? So the only reason that we have a bit of a, a picture in, picture out to see Mike Tomlin and, Ke- and Kevin Colbert, they're smiling and doing all these things. And the role that you and I play, like the speculation role, like, oh, wow, we're looking at Oh, geez. Look, listen, if that wasn't there, we would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. They, I, I like that they're doing this. They're going around to all the QBs. They're yeah. getting themselves ready for the draft. It's one month away. It's preparation for Tomlin and, and Colbert to have, you know, doing more work, right? The more work they do, the better. And yep. they might go there and find out that Malik Wills isn't the guy, you know? It's just none of this. No, Maybe that's what Tomlin was smiling about. Maybe he was smiling <laughs> about all these teams picking him. Yeah, instead. he's like, he threw the ball too far. He, it's just too far, mate. Like, we can't throw it 80 yards. Now he's like, we need, we need more of a Tom Brady role where we throw it 10 yards to a, to a running back. No, it's just, it's all part of the process and it's super fun Um, because we got, I, I got hooked on. I was like, oh, you know, he's, he's, you know, watching Malik Willis, but then I didn't realize until today or yesterday he went to every other quarterback as well. He went to all the quarterbacks, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just we'll, we'll see. I, I still want. I, you know what I really want? I, You're still I don't still going to pick defense in round one. Right? I hope Unless so. I don't care. I, I want them. I want Jordan Davis to fall, man. I don't care. I know uh, he's the biggest. Why? Why? Why do you want him to fall? Because he's massive. That's why he's a massive. But he's unit. not going to play. He's not going to play three downs of football. I don't care if he plays one down or two downs. I, just I want Devontae White. I want the bloke next to him. No, nah, I just I just want him on the team because I think he's a he's a massive unit and we need a guy like that to 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 set the standard to, again. We need a still mentality. But is that gonna that. 
<laughs> I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to some players going in their third year. And, uh, a lot of people are on Jordan Davis. I mean, I think the Ravens would be dumb not to get him where they're where they're sitting there. Where Cam, you know, Clay's Campbell gone, and he's a Raiders. He, he does fit the Ravens very much. So, but like, are you really gonna like? Are we gonna go there when we've got two at Haywood? You know, Montrevious Adams, you know, yep. all those sorts of guys. Are we you really can't tell me. Du- are you going to double down on it? I don't – he's not a three-down player. He's not a proven three-down player. Not yet. You can't tell me that if we didn't if we didn't draft him, Jordan Davis, you would not be excited. This, the sheer size of the man. I, I, I wouldn't. I would be, I'd be happier with Devontae Wyatt or I'd be oh, happier with Travis on. Jones in round two. No, I wouldn't. Come on. We've got too quick. We've got too quick. (laughs) One of them we're going to talk about, Carlos Davis Jr. We've got too quick defensive tackles. Nah. He talks about Booth. You know, Sauce Gardner's taken it. He's a top six pick in this draft. It's not like... And I talked about Stingley. You know, whereas I talked about Stingley in War Room this week. I don't... I do not want Stingley anywhere near this team in the first round. Hell, freaking no. I just miss the, the the brute idea of you know stopping that run and that defense again. And I think if I think if we sign like even sign Edmonds or whoever comes in there, we have really a top ten or top five defense. So adding him would be like, oh, they're they're going all defense this year. You know, I think that would be exciting yeah, to watch. I, I think, think that would look be look at how good Haywood was, and it took Haywood over a year to adjust. And Jordan Davis is not a proven <laughs> third down player. But anyway, you and I can debate this in coming weeks. The fact that you don't like it, it means it's going to happen. Let's go. Jordan, it's going to be worse. They're going to draft Corral or how that'll, that'll really, that'll really run out. Anyway. Anyway, today we did want to talk about players going into their <laughs> second, second year. So there's a few of them. Um, we're going to try and work through some of the, um, you know, more the guys that probably are, are not necessarily <clears throat> expected to make as big an impact um, necessarily compared to the guys that were drafted higher. Like, you know, you chase Claypools and stuff like that. Um, but I'm going to start the first one with someone that set a lot of BTSC apart, I think, in the BT, at least in the Slack channel. He's a cornerback. I've never really been a fan of him, which you know. And that would be James Pierre, Mark. So James Pierre certainly played a lot more in 2021. He started the four games. He did have a you know, an interception. It was against the Broncos, maybe. He had four pass defense, three fumbles. Um, he had, a, you know, about... 40, I think he had 47 tackles all up. When it comes to a guy like James Pierre, what are your thoughts on him right now? And then do you think he'll rise, regress, or like remain steady in year three? I think he'll be steady because I'm, not, I'm not, not, not too sure how, how much playing time he'll have, to yeah. be honest. Uh, we now have, what, four corners in front of him, maybe? I guess I guess it's four corners, right? Sutton, yeah. uh, Witherspoon, Sutton, Wallace. Um, and Mollet, yeah, uh, I, I think it'll just and you be can remain- probably put you can probably throw Norwood in there too. Yeah, I, I think it'll just be he had a lot of his shoulders last year, and he got burnt quite a few times. Uh, like big, everyone big kept play. everyone kept telling me how quick the guy was, even though he never run he didn't run the forty in the in the draft process because he was injured. Well, you can you can get there, but if you don't put your hands up or turn around, that's a that's a problem too, right? I mean, he did have for four point four point five nine in the combine, like forty yard time in the combine. But like you know, people were sort of saying, oh, you know, he could have tested better. And I don't, know. I just, I've never seen it. I don't get it with yeah, I don't get it. I think he's cuttable. Well, that's the that. Oh, there you go. That's that's probably the best spot to be. Not 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 be cuttable, but <laughs> you know, like if you're yeah. 
there's a lot, a lot of pressure on the guy. I think he was even playing like uh, cornerback one snaps or two snaps last year, right? Mm. And there was a few times that he That's got nice. burnt, burnt so much. You're like, wow, he was the weak link, 100. Um, yeah. But if it's if he, if he, he allowed a quarterback rating last year of 105.7 yards. In fairness, he did only allow a completion rate of 60. percent But um, yeah, the yards the yards per completion were like almost 15 yards per completion. Like yeah, you can't do just, that. Um, you can't survive on that one. If they're going to sign two corners like they did, then where do you, where does he fit in this team? That's what I would be asking myself if I was Pierre. Where do I fit? You know, am I on the on the teams or the special teams? Or am I on am I on third down? I don't know. Nickel defense. Am I on running out the, the, the water duty. Yeah, the bench. I don't know. Like, uh, like I, I, like you said, he could be cut right. Because we we have so many cornerbacks now, and if they draft a corner too, might be later. You know, might, might be see you later. So, yeah, that one. I don't know, man. I I think you just remain steady, or maybe regress even further. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I think yeah, I think regress. I don't. I think you'll struggle to remain on the team, to be honest. But you know, that's sort of James Pierre. And and I look from my perspective, isn't it exciting that the Steelers are doing stuff at the cornerback position? Like I would say they're going to draft one as well. You know that we don't have to, you know, you can, we don't have to settle for that mediocrity, if that makes sense. You know, we don't have to have to keep a wink, wink and keep trying. Um, I think that's, when we talk about the Steelers secondary, that's not something that's been necessarily the case um, over the last sort of six or seven seasons. All right. The next guy is a guy called Tegray Scales, who played a grand total of one game. And I think it was on special teams last year. Um, they did <laughs> sign into the practice squad like those futures contracts, whatever it is. Um, do you expect anything out of him? Is he ever showing? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think to be honest, to keep it short, is the gray scales have been cut, added, cut, added. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think, no, I don't, I don't expect too much. Fair really, I agree. I think remain steady, which is for him, is not really doing anything. It's um, just, just being on the roster is probably yeah, steady. Just on the roster, yeah, yeah. exactly. Depth if you really need it. Um, be on the scout team. All right, there's another guy who, you know, for me, I would like to see the Steelers add another tight end. I really liked, I've liked Sternberger for a long time. I think he, Jay Sternberger, who didn't get to play last year, I think he's valuable. Um, but Kevin Rader, uh, who we know has done a bit of blocking for the Steelers, number 87, uh, played in six games last year, started one game, but we obviously know the tight end, that's also dependent on your formation. Um, only got three targets, caught two of them for eight yards. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Kevin Rader? Do you think Man. we've seen more of him in, in, in year three? Um, or does he remain steady or does he regress? I reckon we see more. I, I kind of like Rader for the one fact. You've got to watch him on, on kick returns or punt returns as well. He, he's, yeah. a mean, he's a mean uh, blocker. He can block. He, can, yeah. I think he, he, might, he may tackle, but I did see a few blocks in there. Um, I'm not too sure if he's on the he's on the defensive side of the re- return game, but I know he's on the on the return side, and he can set the edge and he can block because he's a big fella. So I see him um, being more involved on kick returns and, and and those kind of plays, and hopefully more involved in the offense, but not too much, but enough to be like where you're <laughs> you've got a few packages or you can do some you know some some route ability or catching or maybe blocking for Naji because if he's on the um, on the O-line or next to the O-line, it's just, it's just an extension of the O-line, the tight end. And once, once if, he, if he's there, 
then I think he can provide some solid some solid blocking too. So yeah, I, I, I think he has some solid blocking. I'm doing some solid blocking. Oh yeah, that is just ridiculous. That's unreal. Um, but yeah, I, I think he improves into year three. Really. <laughs> I think some people from the Beehive were injected into the live chat. I agree with you. Look, I think I think Kevin Rader remains steady. I don't I don't think we necessarily see more of him or less of him. Um, I think he sort of remains the same um, there, but at least it's not regressed. All right, the next guy is you know Jeffrey Benedict's um, third string darling, uh, Henry Mondo. Uh, Mondo had to really step up last year with a lot of the in, you know injuries. He's got two sacks against his name, um, 16 tackles, two tackles for a loss. Um, there from from him, he did miss 15% of his tackles, which is pretty high when you're only going to make 16 sack, sack tackles for the season. Um, he had four pressures as well, two quarterback hurries. Number 99 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark, what do you think about Henry Mondo going into, going into uh. year three? Man, we're doing the boring guys first, aren't we? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, not to say that he's boring, but like, he's just a guy. Just a guy. Just a guy that gets on the field and, and makes a few tackles here and there and plays for, for depth. Not totally excited, but if he's a steal, I'll cheer him on. But honestly, he's just going to be similar year um, into his third third year. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's really hit his cap, really. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he can be... Uh, a top pass defender or rush. So to me, just a guy. Next. <laughs> yeah. Remain steady. So does it remain steady, regress or, or rise? Uh, st- steady, man. Steady, steady, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Steady, Eddie. <clears throat> All right. The next guy is um, Derek Tutska. I always say it's Tutska. Yeah, I can't pronounce Some either. people, how they pronounce him, but I've heard Missy Mathis pronounce other people's names wrong, but that's how she pronounces it. Anyway. Uh, obviously, he came in through the Broncos and then onto the Steelers. Uh, two sacks last year against his name. Uh, played in 15 games. Was that rotation piece for them? I think I don't think even if you're a fan of him, most Steelers fans would sit there and say, look, we probably need someone who's a little bit better as the third string, um, you know, uh, outside linebacker there. You know, for you, Mark, what, what do you think about him going into year three? You know, did you, did you see enough? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's on the rise. Ah, uh, very similar to, I think, like, you know, Mondo's situation. Just a guy as well. But who's going to be that third? Like you said, who's going to be a third outside linebacker behind Highsmith and TJ Watt? Do we need someone? Um, Boye be- Marfe, 20. Who's that? Is he another coach? So, you know, you know, all these college dudes. Like, I need to start, <laughs> I need to start watching. Man, them. If, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't hate Boye Marfe at 20, but I shouldn't derail you. I shouldn't derail you. I like the name, though. Whatever. That's a sick name. Uh, the guy's a absolute athlete, right? Yeah, look, foot is it no, Derek? I don't know, I just don't know. Tutska, Tutska. Do we does he do anything in, into year three? Like, for me, you've got to, you've got to be the, the, the same level as Highsmith, like, you're gonna to start to, to, and he's gonna have a breakout year, I think. I think it's gonna go really well. well yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah, it's not the best so, last. Oh, he's still yeah, he's he's, he's yeah, you think too. <laughs> I I like he it could be very similar. Will he make the team? Is he going to be number three or four behind TJ Watt? You know, yeah. Um, he's not that ecstatic. I would happen with him as fourth with the experience he's got. If you had him in as a fourth guy, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, I, I think 
I actually think he's going to regress because I think he's going to struggle to get any playing time. That's my feeling on him. Well, you got TJ there, and TJ's going to get about 30 sacks next year, so, you know. <laughs> but I, I've talked about this before, and I talked about it when you were off a couple of weeks ago when I was on with Shannon. Like, you, they've got to find a way to start spelling Haywood, you know, not so much Minka, but but particularly TJ, if, if they want them to stay healthy, they, they really need to not, they can't be playing the level of snaps they're playing. Like, it's just not, it's not conducive to them staying healthy and fit or even playing their best. Um, okay. Another guy we're going to talk about that came on late in the year <clears throat> is JC Hassenhauer. And, you know, a lot of people were really high on him in terms of how far he'd responded. Everyone hated him in 2020 derailed the Steelers late in the season was a big part of that um, sort of massive drop off as uh, Pounce got injured. But Hassenauer came in last year and did pretty well toward the end of the season. Although the Steelers have you know said that Kendrick Green still would have been playing, but he had that calf strain um, <clears throat> as well. And to the point that he suited up when he was clearly injured, you know, in case something happened. What are your thoughts about JC Hassenhauer? I mean, particularly the Steelers have obviously gone out and got Mason Cole. They've got James. Yeah, Daniel. exactly. You know, they're they're shoring up this you know offensive line. Um, this, I mean, what happens? What happens with JC Hassenhauer? I mean, does he, do we even send, keep him? You know, does he even stay on the roster? Well, I, I'm not too sure because I don't. You know, bringing in Mason Cole now at centre and Kendrick Green there at centre too. We now have if he's playing centre. Um, is there room? Is there room for for a guy like Jay Zass now? You know, I know. I think he signed a, a one year attender. I think other teams will pick him he up. Has like, done attender, yeah, yeah, something like that. So, um, is there room? I, I don't know. Like, at least we're bringing in. I, I always preach competition. At least you bring in mm-hmm. some competition, like Mason Cole to come in, or you know, hopefully, like like to spark up. Uh, you know, uh, Kendrick Green as well to say, oh wait, I'm not the center. So I don't think he's going to start at all for JC, but yeah. um, he could be depth and it could be, you know, preseason work or, or camp body, something like that. So yeah, these, these guys, you know, the, the average NFL, NFL career is like three or four years. A lot of these guys we talked about so far could either be the third or fourth or see you later, mate. We're going to get someone yeah. else and you're out of the league. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and look, other teams I think could pick some of these guys up. Like I think JC Hassanow has done enough that he's going to get picked up by someone. But then if you keep him on a practice squad as well, I think that's something that you know you'd be pretty happy to have him as like your third or fourth string center, a guy with a bit of NFL experience. Um, you know, sitting in there, you know, as third or fourth string. But that's JC Hassanow. We'll skip over him now. We've, uh, I think, yeah. I look, I expect him to remain steady or regress purely because I think there are other guys in the role now, and I think they're going to draft the guys in, on the O line as well. Um, moving, moving on, Anthony McFarland Jr. Uh, the guy that can't really that just keeps tripping over his own toes. Uh, injured most of last year. Look, I mean, the stats for him so far, it's it's hard to... You can rattle off these stats, like that he's rushed 36 times for 116 yards. Um, the long he's done is 20. You know, he's a guy that we expected to break them for a lot more. He's had some receiving. He was, you know, a target that Ben had at the end of the game on the fourth down. I think they were fourth and 11 or something against the Browns in that famous playoff game that obviously still was lost. You know... But for me with McFarland, it just it's just one of those players where it was all promise and we've just never seen it come on. And, and I'm at the point now where 
he'd have to have a really, really outstanding mm-hmm. preseason. But like he was well behind, and I know the injury came into play, but he just was an afterthought last year with Balage and, and Snell. Yeah, it's more fun talking about what he's gonna do than actually watching what he is doing. Do exactly. something, run somewhere. I I'm done. I'm done. I don't know, man. I'm just like I looked at his stats the other day, right? He is a hundred he's he's been on the field hundred and eight times, hundred and eight snaps in two years. Would you say yeah. 30, 36 carries and hundred yards or something like that, or a less than? Uh um, no, he's thirty six carries for hundred and sixteen. Do something. We have what not seen he- you. You've been injured. You every time you get on the field, you run into the wall. And if Najee can get around that wall, you can too. And at, at, at the end of the day, this is this is make or break for you because otherwise, no teams will get you, and you will be you'll be on the couch if you don't yeah. go out there and do something. Stay healthy, one, and then secondly, get a first down. Do something. I, well, I, the best, as Mike Tomlin says, the best <clears throat> ability is availability. We could we could <laughs> say being available. We could say that to all the running backs. I call that to all the running backs, right? 100%. There, I think I think I looked it up the other day. I think it's like four four uh 14% of the snaps went to the second running back overall, including everyone. Najee had 86% of the snaps last year. That needs to come yeah. down. Well, the and, other thing too. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, I'm just rolled up, mate. Well, do something. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. And I just think look, running back. Running back is something that right now, Steelers fans, everyone's sitting there, even a lot of our BTSC colleagues, everyone's sort of saying it's not the focus because we know how much that we need to fix the secondary. We need to make sure we've got depth on, on the defensive line, you know, and, and outside linebackers. We need, we've need got glaring gaps at wide receiver. But, you know, they need to get someone in here third, at least if it's, uh, you know, late a late pick through the draft and there are some cool guys like a Pierre Strong or someone like that because... You know, even go get a Brian Robinson, get another, you know, a basher like um, like Najee. But I do think we need a change of pace guy. But if Najee gets injured, right, particularly yeah, we draft that rookie quarterback, we are, yay, we're done. As we're, done. There. we're up, you know, up the creek without a paddle. And I left out the S word that goes before that, right? So, um, you we, know, this is a, McFarlane's got a real opportunity here. And with a better, o, like with a better O-line that's going to create some holes, you know, you just have your fingers crossed that he can rise. Um, but I mean, I've been disappointed so far, so I'm just going to sit. I'm going to sit there and say, remain steady. But I do see a world where you know he regresses even further, and that that I think he does. Could I, I think he off the roster. I think he will regress this year, just just because he hasn't done anything. Not, nothing's happened over the last two years, and it was all promise, all hype uh, to be that scat back, to be that fast back. At, at, you know, and and we didn't see anything. His longest rush is like probably 15 yards, maybe 20 yards, and then he falls over. Yes. But well, but he falls over before he gets two yards half the time. <clears throat> yeah, he's playing too fast, too fast in front of his feet. Whatever sport you play, he's playing too fast. He's trying to react too fast before he even gets the ball, before he even sees the, the safety or the linebacker come down. And, you know, we, you and I don't play football, but we play other sports. You can't do that. He's just playing too fast in front of himself. And maybe some of these running backs haven't, you know, didn't have the opportunity last year because Najee did all the carries. But there's a, re- there's a reason why Najee had all the carries because, you know, Snell, Balage, and and McFarland that they're our running backs right now. And I just, uh, I just don't know. I just feel uneasy. I feel very uneasy. That's what's it. going on? That's it. All right, the next guy, and then we got we got to crack through here <clears> quickly because I want to I want to spend time on the, you know, the the top guys from this this 
draft class or these players that the Steelers have got from that, that year 2020. Um, Carlos Davis, the defensive tackle, um, he's the fast guy, 4.8. So he ran a 4.82, right? That's pretty close to what Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Davis ran. I know Jordan Davis is a, is a better player. But uh, Carlos Davis Jr., his brother's on the team as well. Is it Khalil? I think it's Khalil. Um, anyway, uh, he's played, you know, literally 10 games for the Steelers, 11 tackles in his Steelers career, two tackles for a loss. You know, he struggled with injuries at times. Do you expect anything more out of him in twenty? In 2022, or for me, I think it's remained steady or regressed because I just don't think he'll get any more play time than he's got, but you never know. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I didn't even know he played, what, 11 games? So he's only... Yeah, over two years. So he only played four last year. And he's still that, like, the seventh round pick from, what, two two years ago? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think think he has a chance to improve because, because his ceiling is so, like, so low, right? You know, being around around seven, you can't really say he's going to get any worse than that. Um, I'd be happy if he makes a team just to see what can happen behind the D line and, and hopefully try and stop the run. But other than that, uh, he's just another guy, really. And hopefully, he can start to do something. He got see, so he got two sacks too. That's yeah, it's positive, I guess. Let's see it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I just I just think they're going to bring either bring people in that are going to take the spot, or I think he sits on a practice squad or what have you. But I'd love to see more of him. It's not that I don't want him to do well or anything like it. All right, so we've got a super chat from Connor Eddy, $4.99 tip jar, US Yank Bucks. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to take off. I think we just keep it US dollars. He says, do the Steelers take a QB still in the draft or a wide, mm. wide receiver first round? So I think they take well, neither. Um, but well. if they were going to take anything, right, I, I would actually prefer them to take if there's a top-class <clears throat> wide receiver on the board. I think you take him. You get a wide receiver on a five-year contract and flip him. Look what's just happened with Tyree Kill. Look what's probably going to happen with DK Metcalf if it didn't happen overnight and I missed it. Um, you know, when they want that bigger contract, you get rid of them. You get five years on that. If he's a top-class guy and you believe in him and the Steelers can draft wide receivers. I've been saying this now for probably six weeks. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I wouldn't hate it either. That five-year deal, big difference if he's going to be your number. Even if he's only going to be your number two for those five years, you get a guy like that fantastic and there's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft um but you know if they choose qb they choose qb i just i just think with trubitsky and mason as a backup you're happy to have mason as a backup the last few years trubitsky still got a chance to be a top level you know a top 12 15 quarterback so i don't know why you need to take one if they do i understand but i would prefer neither and i kind of expect neither what about you mark out of those choices, if it was only QB or receiver, I would say receiver for the pure fact is we don't have a number three. We got rid of all our receivers. We have no receivers left. We have we have Claypool and Deontay, and that's it. So I would say... We do have a number got, three. It's called Chase Claypool. <laughs> we don't have a number two. Well, yeah. If you, <laughs> oh, no, I'm being, I'm being silly with you. I'm just, I'm just mucking you. Right. Right. There's no receivers left, mate. There's no one. There's no one left. Hey, Ray Ray's gone. Ray Ray, <laughs> five million a year. Five million a year from Ray Ray. The guy that, where's the guy that challenged me to a to a, a fight last year because I thought Ray Ray was crap? Oh, I don't know, mate. But all I'm saying is Trubisky, Trubisky turned up and went, hey, hey, where is everyone going? Where are you going? You know, there's no receivers. So out, out of those two choices, QB or receiver, I'd go receiver 100%. Because you, you, we need we need more we need bodies and we need players in the room and we haven't got them, so yeah, I, I, I go receiver. Love it. 
All right. So now we go back to the players. Uh, Kevin Dotson. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, when he's playing well, it's pro ball caliber. Uh, didn't get to stay fit last year, but, you know, having had nine games, nine starts, um, 565 offensive snaps. Um, that was 90%, that was 90% of the snaps that he played. Um, you know, that was 90% of the, percent of the snaps in the games that he played. Uh, he had five penalties last year, four were holding. You saw that a lot more than the three that he had the previous year. Um, what are your thoughts of Dotson? Does he stay as a starting O-lineman, particularly maybe even the Steelers draft one? Is he play, does he get shifted to the right and swap with James Daniels? What are your thoughts about Kevin Dotson? And, of course, does he rise, remain steady, or regress? He has to. The, the pure fact is he has to rise because I want to see this offense run the football better than they did last year in 2021. He has to rise. Like, he has to play better. I, I think he will. If he's a left guard or right guard or wherever – um, our two guards now with James Daniels are two big fellas and are hopefully more physical in that fight, in that, that punching fight on the O-line. And also to protect Trubisky, I think we just he needs to play better. Um, and he's been also, I think I think he's been, he was injured quite a bit last year, right? Injury, you know, injuries happen, but if, if, if he can stay healthy, I think he'll, he'll, yeah, our team will be successful, hopefully, to win some games. Yeah, and I think the Steelers, it's a little bit smoke and mirrors on, you know, how they were sort of saying, oh, he's not the guaranteed starter in the preseason last year and he didn't come back and he didn't work hard enough. A lot of people started to think that was a bit of a Mike Tomlin mind game thing. I think they want to see him do well. I still think, like, he was a fourth rounder that no one expected next to Robert Hunt there at Lafayette, um, you know, and surprised everyone, but the tape looked good. But people got to remember going to this draft, there's going to be players like you, Kevin Dotson's that the Steelers have, I've looked at. Um, and I think it's really exciting with Kevin Dotson when he came in. He's a Steeler fan as well. I think he wants to do well. I agree with you, Mark. He has to rise. But even if he remains steady, as long as he stays healthy, I'm excited for what he'll do in year four. Um, but we really need, if, if you get him firing, that's going to make a massive difference uh, for Najee. And I think it will help out Dan Moore as well, a left tackle. Um but who knows? Like maybe you move James Daniels over. I'm interested to see sort of which way they go on it because if they got like a Trevor Penning, right? Maurice Jones Jew just drafted um, in his mock draft, drafted Penning to the Steelers. You brought Penning at right tackle with with Kevin Dotson next to him. That's a, that's a mean right side, you know, uh, for a cutback. But anyway, now we go to the final two players. They and they were the first two players taken in the draft, and Chase Claypool. And Alex Highsmith, let's keep the chronological order there. And we'll go Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte that Shannon White predicted at the time. Taken in that third round, uh, eight sacks in two seasons, 20 tackles for a loss. He's played in 30, all 30, he's played in 32 games, started 16 last year, started five the year before, one forced fumble, one pass defense. Um, 122 tackles. His run run yeah. defense was fantastic last year. Everyone thought that was the weak spot. Uh, fifth, and then he also has 21 quarterback hits in two years. Uh, and like last year with six six sacks, the 15 quarterback hits, 15 tackles for a loss. People even expected more of him. But yeah, where does Highsmith go? And also, um, you know, thoughts go out to Highsmith. He lost his grandma in the last week. Um, but what what does Highsmith do in, in year three? Mate, I think he rises. 
rise to the occasion. I think he's going to go out there and get ten sacks, or he's you know he's going to it's going to be a big year. I'm telling you, this, this year on defense with the additions we have is going to be a big year for everyone. So including the you know Miles Jack coming in, if we bring back Edmonds, it's going to be a massive year for the defense. So I can see um, TJ going off like as always, and Highsmith having a big year too, because because he's starting to learn the position. We have got now Brian Flores who can help out with the linebackers coach, and. Yeah, he got what six sacks last year. You said seven, no? six. Yeah, six. Yeah, but I, like, I think there was, an, a, yeah, there was one that didn't get recorded <clears> against him. I'm pretty sure, but yeah. Oh, there was also I had one him for eight did... sacks last year. I had him at eight sacks last year. He'll he'll get he'll get ten. I reckon this year, maybe double. If if we can turn him into you know like the Lamar Woodley to to James Harrison, that yeah. kind of combo. Uh, I, I, I think he's ready. I think he's really ready. Especially to it coming. Like if you've got to it coming. Yeah, back, exactly. I've and you've got like a Miles Jack, like you free him open. Yeah, I just yeah. thought the best thing was that we were worried about the run defense and he did really well at that last year. Like his run defense was really good. Like, you know, and I think one, one point Jeffrey Bennett was talking about it and there were a couple of weeks there where he was like the best out, like outside or edge, edge rushing, you know, run defender in the league. Like it was just terrific. Like just absolutely terrific. He might also he might also chase you know try and um, chase down TJ to be the best player on the defense. So motivation wise, he's in the right place to be a stealer. To well, be and this is the thing: like you've signed TJ, and, and Alex apparently did a lot of offseason work last year with TJ, mm-hmm. and, and I think I heard him say already that he's heading up there to train with TJ at the TJ and JJ at the <laughs> their yeah. like sort of training base. Man, how good is that if you're Alex Highsmith? So I also think the guy's a top bloke, and I think he's the sort of bloke that wants to get better and wants to rise. So I'm really positive from that perspective. Turning into turning into a stealer for sure, a true stealer. Yeah, and, and he's one of those players that he's not that guy that's taken in that first round. But these guys in the third and the fourth round, <clears throat> second and third round, they're how you build a championship. I did a war room four or five weeks, no, maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, it was just after the Super Bowl. Yeah, so about four weeks ago. And uh, yeah, maybe four or five. Anyway, I was right. Um, I talked about the second and third round draft picks and how important they've been to Super Bowl winners over the last five years. He is one of those players that the Steelers were to do well and go deep in the playoffs. He's one of those guys that you you throw in there too. All right, we don't have many minutes left. Uh, let's get to Chase Claypool. <laughs> <laughs> now, divides a lot of Steeler fans. I ordered a legend jersey with him. Not that he's a legend, but you know that Nike has those legend jerseys. I ordered one back in November. It got lost, and I got a refund. Yeah, <laughs> it arrived in the mail this <laughs> week. <laughs> so wow. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to wear this. I mean, he needs to reprove himself. But um, what do you think about Chase Claypool? I mean, he's only caught fifty-six and a half percent of the balls throughout. You know the you know, ball throwing team in the last two years. He averages 14.3 yards and it was 14.1 per reception. It was 14.1 in 2020, 14.6 in 2021, 62 receptions in 2020, 59 um, in, in 2021, both the times he had over 105 targets. He's got 11 touchdowns in the receiving game, nine in his first year, two in his second year. Uh, he has two rushing touchdowns that we know from his rookie year. Didn't do as much in that um, last year, but they were doing more with Ray Ray and they did a bit with Juju and obviously you've got Najee Harris. You know, and from from my perspective, Chase Claypool has to rise this year, particularly when we talk about how empty that, that wide receiver room. But the question is, will he rise? 
Um, well, it, it sounds like your jersey took their time, a bit like Claypool took his time. To hand the ball back. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, you need to get rid of the antics. I'm sorry. You need to be a clean slate, get rid of the antics, go out there and be a professional like everyone else and not muck around. You can't be fighting with Trey Turner. You can't be fighting with your teammates like that. You have to know your role in certain positions. You have to know the um, the game at what time. If it's the first down, you just get up and play the ball. Um, everyone knows my kind of thoughts on Claypool. I just want to see him do better. Uh, I think you're, you have the... It's It's a bit like... You have the the physique or that maybe some skill set towards that, but then it doesn't doesn't really show on the field that much. Yeah, but he ne- he's not really winning the one on one battles over the five nine the five nine corner. No, super athletic. Um, it's a bit like there's a, is a this is a, a analogy, but you know the player Nick Curios, like he's a good he's a good tennis player, but he could be fantastic, but he doesn't want to be. Exactly. He doesn't want to be fan- he doesn't want to be top five. He wants to be he just wants to play and earn money, and that, that that's okay. If you want to do that, it's fine. Claypool, to me, you are so talented. You're you're more talented than I am, 100. percent But you've got to use that talent to be to go out there and be great or a, a, an elite an elite receiver. A lot of other teams and other fans are laughing at us for for Chase Claypool because he is he is so physical, right? But doesn't really do anything. I don't really see he doesn't win the 50-50s. He doesn't. He doesn't really. He can sometimes. He doesn't get up there, mate. He doesn't even fight for it. Like, <laughs> he needs to spend time working with Freemuth. Freemuth does not like. He just what I see. He goes through the motions of being a yeah. receiver, and once the play breaks down, he doesn't look around to extend the play like like Heath or Hines would do. He he to me. I always talk about this idea of true stealer, and he to me is not a true stealer right now. No. Nothing says to me that he that he's a like if he got cut or let go, man. Wouldn't bother me because I don't. I don't, there's I don't no reason why, like, yeah. I don't see no. the heart. I don't see the heart at the moment. I don't. I don't see like I just see he got that one big year where he went off eleven TDs and he thought that he was the best thing since sliced bread and nothing from that. He got one exactly one TD last year. You need to be better. You have to be better. Um, if we, oh, man, if we if we regress with him, then it was this silly decision to, don't, to not trade him or cut him. Really, he has to 100%. get better. Hundred percent. And like you think about what Mike Williams does for the Chargers and just made a stack of cash signing on again. Chase Claypool, they're the same height. Chase Claypool's got 20 pounds on Mike Williams. There is no reason he should, when he jumps up there, anyone should be near him. Like maybe, maybe spend some offseason, maybe spend some time with like do drills with like a Tim Duncan. Right? <laughs> Go learn how to from like from basketball. Go learn how to rebound you know more, mate. Because like you He's just got to get up there and get that football. He needs he needs someone to tell him he's not that good. I'm sorry. He needs someone. Yeah, he, to does. Really, he needs someone yeah. to shake him on the shoulder. Patterns, actually, mate, you are not that good. You are like a C C receiver. You're 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 a terrible receiver because he has been that rookie season gave him the big head and he thought, oh, I, I'm the best there. And he needs to yeah shake him on the shoulder. Patterns and say, mate, you're not as good as you think. Well, maybe that's why the Tyron Matthew deal is taking so long because after Minka had the fight with him last year, maybe Tyron Matthew's putting a stipulation in his contract that if he signs with the Steelers and Chase Claypool pisses him off, he gets a chance to smack him into submission. I yeah, I don't know if it's a team mentality of like you get you know you have to tell someone if they're like in an intervention or whatever, but something exactly. Mark Tobin says he needs to be humbled. That is exactly right. He does. That, That is a comment of the day. He needs to be humbled. And that's why I bring it back to being a true stealer. It's your third year. 
Um, go he back. Be, and I, he can't needs to be Vontae perfect. <laughs> I want. I, I just want to see him go out there and do the simple things right, like get the first downs and and, and go back to the, the ref and put the ball down and move on from there. But right now, he is not winning any battles against the, the cornerbacks. He's not staying on his feet. He's not He's not doing I, – I, he's overhyped, really. And a lot of teams are laughing at us for, for having him there and now Juju gone to. 100%. 100%. Well, that wraps up, you know, everything we wanted to get through with the second-year players going into year three. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know if anyone could hear that, Then That wasn't the rain. That was my stomach rumbling. It's time for breakfast. Um, but Mark, before we close out the show, anything else top of mind for you when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything that's going on at the moment? You know what? Just just to end on that the Chase Claypool stuff, and I, I always talk about you know the the true Steeler and then bringing about the culture. And we are starting to do that on the defense now, signing the cornerback, signing um, you know the Miles Jack, and hopefully, um, I wouldn't mind if Edmonds comes back. I think he's he's a, he's a good piece to our defense, and I think we're, we're set. We need that that steel attitude because because last year. Every game was we we won by seven points, three points, or it was always a hard attack game, or we lost by a lot. Um, they have to, they got to buy in. These players need to buy in. So the third year players, this is like kind of make or break for them next year, right? If, yeah. If if Claypool has a bad year, who's going to sign him? Well, no, one, no one's going to sign him. Well, the other key thing to note with these guys too is we didn't talk about a first round draft pick. Chase Claypool was in the second round. None of these guys have got a fifth-year option. So this That's becomes true. a very important year for them. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I would be I would be saying, yeah, forget about what you did the last two years. If you're McFarlane having no no time, if you're if you're Claypool having one TD, forget about that stuff. Like for more or less start again, but the fundamentals need to happen. If you if you get a first down, hand the ball off and let's go. If you get a touchdown, yes, let's go. Let's keep let's keep you know pumping the team up. And these these fellas, like Mark Tobin said, some need to be humbled to a certain degree because you are not the you're not the best you're not the best player on the team. The best player on the team right now is TJ Watt, right? Look at his work ethic and, and follow what he does. And just because Chase, mate, you might have caught one good ball or eleven touchdowns, it doesn't mean that you are the future Steeler and you've got the big YouTube page and all this kind of stuff. You got to buy into the Steeler way, and that's how we've always been successful watching our our, our players. Go and watch, go and watch. Like I, I was a bit angry this week because a lot of the new players coming in, like Mason Cole, and I think someone else said they talked about, oh, I can't wait to to wear the black and yellow, and one hundred percent. I grind on my gears. It is one hundred percent. It's black and gold, right? I I want these players to to go and spend half an hour to watch the history, of what's what's happened in the seventies, uh, what's happened in the in the nineties, the two thousand, and in the defense like Troy and those guys. Listen to them talk about the team. And then apply your skill set with that, because if you do that, we will be we will be a winner. Like I even like that uh, James Daniels to me, uh, the right guard now. He seems like a stealer. He seems so, like a guy that yeah. we are. He's passionate. He wants to play for the team. Wants to play for the city. But when Mason Cole says, "Oh, I, I I'm I'm ready for the um, to bring a Lombardi back home to the black and black and yellow," you made a mistake, mate. You, you have to these little things that we will jump on. And you've got to fix that because you need to know the law and history of the team before you can go out there. And skill set's one thing, but I want to see I want to see passion uh, base. Like I want to see TJ rip someone's head off like that, man. I'm I'm telling you, they have to do that. That's it. That's it. But with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. <laughs> I'm Matty Peveril with Marky D. Mark, as always.
Go Steelers!